And now on the line, we have Charlie Gasparino, journalist, blogger, radio host, a frequent uh, guest panelist on Fox Business, as well as right here on Cats at Night. And Charlie, what the heck is going on with these markets? It's a, sometimes it's a roller coaster. It's up and down. Nobody knows where where are we going. Are we going to the moon, or are we, are we going journey to the center of the earth? Listen, I just think you know, like, it gets down to kind of. Uh, Thank you, Jules Fern. Good thing our demographic knows who Jules Fern is. <laughs> uh, um, here's what I would say: there is a belief in the market that the Fed is going to raise rates once. 75 basis points, get it up to three and a quarter from where it is now, right? 250, 2.50, get it up to three and a quarter and say, "Eh, let's wait. And the market really likes that. Now, you know, there's, that's the market perspective. That's a trader perspective that I'm hearing from traders pretty much across the board. When I do talk to people who consider themselves Fed watchers, there is a professional class of trader investor who considers himself or herself a Fed watcher where they have sources at the Fed or people used to work at the Fed and they're trying to divine where the uh, the, uh, the policymaking is going with the Fed, Jerome Powell, et cetera. They say that's an overly optimistic viewpoint that there's at least two 75 basis points uh, raises in there, maybe three. Because inflation, while it appears to be coming down, is still sort of baked in. You know, we get we have lower oil prices because people are cutting back on traveling because they're too high. Well, hit eighty six fifty this this morning. Eighty six fifty. Right. So what they're saying is, be prepared for two, maybe three more hikes. And if you read, I you know Neil Kashkari, who's the um, Minneapolis Fed chief, essentially said that. So that they'd rather overshoot on the tightening side than on than than you know pull back, and so be prepared for two uh, two more. Um, and if you read the Fed minutes today, they contained a lot of that language. So um, there, if you believe the Fed watchers, you know you shouldn't be buying really the market right now. If you don't believe them, if you believe what a lot of investors believe that Powell is a wimp when it really comes down to it, he's dovish and he's gonna at least pause. Uh, well, you know, you kind of buy stocks. That's why, by the way, that's why you see meme stocks and all these other stocks going up because they're benefiting. They're, you know, they're, the irrational exuberance is starting to come back into the market based on the um, based on that that theory. And you know, my opinion, and you know, I know me and you, uh, we love each other, but we disagree sometimes. And I, and I have warned the Fed that they're killing the real estate market, and if they raise them beyond right now. There were headlines in some of the stations, not yours, was right. uh, uh, mortgage refinances and things with a 22-month, 22-year low. Right. Uh, refis and new uh, and new uh, mortgages. 22-month low. So if you raise them more, you, you know, you, you could win the game of, uh, of, uh, uh, controlling inflation, but you kill the real estate industry. So what good is creating another problem? Yeah, yeah that's true. Although the real estate, I mean, you know, as someone who, you know, looks at, looks for homes to buy outside of the state is pretty, uh, is pretty insane. You know, I, I mean, I saw houses in South Carolina in the, um, Charleston area that 
market four years ago were going for four hundred thousand dollars a year, and now up to like eight hundred to a million. This is before the Fed started acting. This was like earlier in the summer. So um, I mean, that's that's irrational exuberance, and that that's pricing that is pricing middle class people and people out of the market, and those those prices have to come down somewhere, and there will be a wealth effect. On those coming, on those it's coming not down. affecting you know, Florida it, as much. You know why it's not affecting right. Florida? Well, that's, that's the people well, in Florida are the ones selling their houses and apartments in the north, in Illinois. How do you say Illinois? Illinois. <laughs> Illinois without the S. And, 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 well, uh, uh, Florida, in New York. And, and then using that money to buy apartments or buy houses in Florida. I don't think it's from the interest rates that we yep. saw prices go so high. Yeah. It's people were fleeing in mass yeah. New York and the taxes and everything yeah, like that. And the taxes are yeah, low I mean, in no, South there's Carolina. Never, there's never what? Yeah, there's never one reason. I mean, the, the exodus to Florida is often is also very political, right? People are sick of New York, the crime. You know, you're paying premium rates to get like mugged in Manhattan. You know what I'm saying? Charlie, <laughs> premium tax rates to, well, to deal uh, with. Can I pivot? Speaking of Florida, the Florida judge is. What's your, um, I guess, your gut feeling on what he's going to do when it comes to the affidavit supporting the Trump raid? Will this? Because they they elevated it right from the magistrate to it's now a Florida district court judge. So what do you think is going to happen, Charlie? Well, I'm not a lawyer, but just reading everything. I mean, listen, it's. It would be – I think Peter would be better for this. But Peter, you tell me if I'm right. I think he splits the difference. I don't think a federal judge can literally say to the Justice Department, oh, we don't care about your investigation. You know, uh, screw you. We want to see the entire affidavit, even though those things usually kept <laughs> quiet, kept, kept uh, anonymous. I think he splits the difference. He, he lets out some information. Now, Peter, am I P- – Peter's not on. Charlie. Analysis? Charlie, I'll tell you who's in the studio. Governor Patterson's on, and uh, and I am Judge Weinberg. And, and, and off Schweitzer camera, get all, yeah, get on. And off camera, we've been debating this. I said that the right thing to do here is to unseal the affidavit because this is a. Big, what, what do you a, think he's going to do? Without the right thing, what do you think he'll do? Well, that's a very good question. And if I were presiding, I would unseal because I think it's a question of such magnitude. But you have to redact. I know you can redact. You can redact. But I know here, bail reform. If somebody mugs you or sexually assaults you, you the the criminal finds out who the victim is beforehand, so they can go and intimidate you and kill you possibly, so you can't you know. But this is testify a trial, national crisis. But they should. But these people could also be targets. So I kind of I agree with Charlie that there could be some sort of happy medium because we're talking about the the president. That, that they release uh, not all of it, but some of it, and redact a lot of it. But we need the, the whole thing is so the whole thing is so sorted from a political standpoint. And I, I can't believe if, if Merrick Garland literally, you know, raided that Trump's house for some love letters to Macron and stuff that they that they deem classified. And you know, this is this is just so out there because you know, first off, here's what's interesting about this. I don't think people understand. It. The government always overclassifies everything. Like I try to get Freedom of Information Act through the Securities Exchange Commission, which doesn't deal with the nuclear codes. Just but just so you know, so you try to get stuff from them on their deliberations. They mark everything top secret. The deliberations of the SEC are top secret, and you know they have some precedent where you, you can't use the federal FOI Freedom of Information Law to get it. So the government is in the business of keeping the, some of the most Mundane stuff, secret. They do this routinely. Um, so I, I'm just saying that you, 
you know, it, this thing has the smell of a fishing expedition. And it's, yeah. and I think that's what's scary about this judge. I hate to say it. Is he a Republican or, or a Democrat? I don't know who he is. It's not Judge Reinhardt, the one. And I was hearing the rumor is that, you know, in the final days of the White House, they were just kind of packing everything up. So like Charlie's saying, they're kind of on this fishing expedition. Did Trump take something he shouldn't have? Because if it really was like the Washington Post reported nuclear codes or this really highly classified national security type of information, Merrick Garland wouldn't have waited weeks and and deliberated, and then had the FBI agents take a weekend off before they well, went in and this. raided Trump. But can we? Did the FBI act? The FBI was actually at Marl in June. Didn't they look? Yeah, yes. weren't they looking at all the boxes? Yes, and they told them to put an extra lock on that door to okay, keep so them more they, secure. They conceivably saw the nuclear codes in June. Right. They changed nuclear codes. They changed nuclear no. codes every day. I mean, this is, this is stupid. They change them every day. But for the sake of argument, maybe I'm missing this. They were in there. Yeah. They were looking at all the boxes. Yeah. They saw whatever was in there, whether it was the nuclear code or a love letter to Vladimir Putin. Melania's underwear, they, yeah. Maybe some of that. And then they said, wow. put, in a, put another they lock on the Exactly. And, and by the way, they were negotiating and there was a grand jury subpoena. They didn't need to ex- execute a search warrant, Charlie. They could have gotten Trump, everything they wanted by the subpoena. Trump said his team was cooperating. He said he would have given them. They allowed them to come in, see everything. They said put an extra lock on there. So that's why they were so taken aback by what happened. I mean, look how surreptitiously they did it. Trump leaves you know, town to come to New York. And you know they were probably going to do it when Ivana died. That's what I was thinking, too. Did they do a lousy job at searching the premises and then someone ratted them out saying, oh, there was one box you didn't see. It was in another room. I want to know who ratted out from. Next, wait a second. Uh, uh, Listen, keep listening to our thing. We have Lou Dobbs coming up next. But after Lou Dobbs, we got uh, James uh, Gagliano from the FBI. And I'm going to ask him. Uh, there are 14 whistleblowers. agents, whistleblowers, and ask him what he knows about that. I mean, the whole thing was so bizarre. It was done so fast. And, you know, I caught a lot of flack on Twitter because I quoted Trump lawyers, and then I quoted Eric Trump saying that they weren't given the physical copy of the warrant at first. I mean, this was a quote. You know, it wasn't like I was saying sources. You know, right. you know, you know, the FBI told me this. They said, yeah, Trump but we was. also want to know who who's the one that turned in Trump. That's I think the American people want to no, know. It, is, I, it, I is it the really same? Them, like, is it the same woman that 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 said Justice Kavanaugh raped her? Right, and, and she, she never remember. He didn't. She didn't remember where, and she didn't remember what year it was. And nobody else knew that she, she was there. And this alleged informant, how reliable is he or she? That's is exactly it even right. truthful what this person we is have alleging? A credibility gap in Washington. And well, and, you know that's true. And what, what I'm trying to say with this thing with the warrant is that Eric said. Then I go back to Eric. I said, "Listen, people are saying, and Garland's now saying that you got the warrant." He said, "Listen, way I understood it, they wouldn't let us see the warrant at first. We had to photocopy it, not photocopy it, take a picture of it, and he saw it, and then we got it later." So my bigger point is: is this sound like? You know, the Keystone cops. I mean, you know, like 
something very hastily arranged. If that's true, I'm not saying what he's saying is true. You know, ever kind of conflated warrant with affidavit, although I made it really clear because I said, well, shit, dude, I'm getting a lot of garbage out of this. <laughs> what, what's, what's and then remember this? the whole thing with CBS's Nora O'Donnell. She said, oh, no, the Justice Department said that they don't have Trump's uh, passports. The and it NBC? turns out they did have the passports. So they're getting a lot of false information about, from their sources inside the, the DOJ. Telling, telling everyone on the premises to turn off the security cameras. What right does the FBI have and to And they thank them? God yeah. they did it. And back in April, if you remember, you're a journalist just like myself, Charlie Gasparino. Yeah. And there was that article in the New York Times that apparently Biden was not happy with Merrick Garland because he wanted him to prosecute, uh, you know, Trump. Did he bow under the pressure? And this is why he did it. He was sent a message. And by the way, the Washington Post story, if you read it again, I just read it, the, the excerpt, because it was in James Freeman's column in the journal. It said that they were worried. They didn't say that he took it. They said that there were that was possibly in one of the boxes or something like that. It was much more of a head than Trump has the nuclear codes. And then the, the exactly. and then the magister who signed off on the warrant donated it's, it's to the Obamas it's and Clintons. It's horrible. Charlie Gasparino, thank you. I can't make this. You know, I don't know if I'm buying or selling in stock market, but we'll, one of us will be right and one did of you, us will be did wrong. Did you buy the boathouse? I didn't buy the boathouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I buy a lot of stupid things, but I didn't buy the boathouse. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Your Honor, did you buy the photos? Thank, thank yes, you. Sir. I bought the photos. Thanks, uh, Charlie And, and uh, let's stay tuned. We got Lou Dobbs. Then we have the FBI uh, special agent to come on right after that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.